Hello again, Team NXT. CD Danny Mac here, bringing you episode 104 of that UFP show, all about the NXT show, the Undisputed Future Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. This will be the second episode released this week. So if binge listening to wrestling podcasts about NXT discussion, then boy, do I have some good news for you. It is a cold and dreary day here in New York on Thursday, December 5th, but the world of NXT is heating up post-NXT TakeOver War Games. I did mention that I would be recording directly after the December 4th edition of NXT, but sometimes life and fatigue just gets in the way. So I'm up here, I'm bright and early, ready to talk the December 4th edition of NXT, and episode 103 was talking about NXT TakeOver War Games 3, and this 104 is talking about the December 4 edition of NXT, so it's just kind of funny how, uh, how the universe lines things up for you. A great episode as expected, 104, and we are ready for war again, because the main event would highlight Tommaso Ciampa, Keith Lee, and Dominic Dijakovic joining forces once again to take on the Undisputed Era, unfortunately minus Bobby Fish in a six-man tag team match. Before I jump into the in-ring action and the already heated confrontation, I want to talk about the return of Mauro Ranallo. I could not be happier to hear his voice again behind commentary. Watch the video just released a little bit earlier on Twitter and uh, the timeline there. Huge ovation, a well-deserved huge ovation for the voice of NXT and just, it, it felt like the universe brought things all back aligned and NXT was heard exactly how it should have been with Moro, Nigel, and Beth Phoenix behind the announce desk and I just, already a good episode. As soon as you hear Moro Renault's voice, that just meant the good episode for me and I was already more happy than I was watching it last week. Somebody incredibly unhappy and looking for a fight was the Beast of Belfast, Killian Dane. Killian Dane already in the ring to start off this edition of NXT TV. Looking for a fight, ready for a fight with the Archer of Infamy, Damian Priest, but the Archer got a bit of a bullseye on his ruined ribs due to that intense triple threat match at NXT TakeOver War Games. So Damian Priest out of action this week. I'm hoping it's nothing serious and uh, something that heals up and gets Priest back on track. I thought the impressive TakeOver debut in that triple threat match could see this continuation of what has been a very interesting trifecta of a rivalry between Damian Priest, Killian Dane, and Dane's opponent tonight, a person that we know never backs down from a challenge, the Bruiserweight Pete Dunne, the longest reigning WWE United Kingdom champion and one of the longest reigning champions of the modern era of wrestling, will answer the call to battle, and we had ourselves a heated brawl to kick off this week's NXT. The Dane and Dunne rivalry. It's already interesting based on what Dunne does to people and the broken fingers and trying to chop down the larger man and just prove that everybody has a weak point in their index and middle finger. But this is a bit more of a heated rivalry, especially considering what Killian Dane has formed in his character. As of late, one of those beaten and bruised and broken up family due to the English infantry moving in on Ireland. And it's even more of a heated rivalry if you dig through the history books and you look up that real bad history between especially uh, England and Ireland through the 
rise of the IRA and, and such things like that. So just a little bit more of a layer between this Dunn and Dunn and Dane rivalry outside of the broken fingers that Dunn, quite frankly, delivers to most recently every single one of his opponents. A bitter end for people's extremities. We would see Pete Dunn with a bit more of strength on display. We saw the speed as we're used to seeing from the Bruiserweight, the ability to flip over opponents of any size and just be able to get the upper hands by any means necessary. But the strength really impressed me here, able to handle the larger Dane, especially delivering a monster of a German suplex. But the speed and the agility would kind of backfire on Pete Dunn, countering Dane on the outside, a rough landing on that knee that did have a target on it due to the intense Survivor Series NXT Championship match between himself and Adam Cole, baby. Another, just gotta go back to that match and highlight the Panama Sunrise counter from the bitter end. One of those spots that make you stand up off the couch, scare your dog and shout, are you freaking kidding me? So Dunn still suffering the wear and tear from that. Killian Dane obviously making out the best coming from that triple threat match from NXT TakeOver War Games. Looking in very high competitive shape, able to disregard any wear and tear and let the intensity do all of the talking for the Beast of Belfast. Crash landing by Dane to Dunn on the outside. The runaway Dane line, one of many lines that you could only hear straight from Mauro Ronaldo. So hearing a Dane, runaway Dane, I thought it was a Dane crash instead of a plane crash. Just a couple of my own little... Little takes on that spot. Large man doing a suicide dive. Always going to get a pop straight from me. Lots of action on the outside of the ring. We did see, despite that injured knee, a moonsault by Pete Dunne. Pete Dunne, one of the toughest men in the business. That UK title reign I just mentioned kind of speaks for itself. However, the intensity and the damage was most done by Dane. The cannonball up against the steel steps, crushing Pete like a bug. Between that steel and that giant mound of flesh flipping towards you. That's a dangerous place to be when you're in the ring with a man as large as that. This match would end on a very interesting note. A lot of corner controversy, as I label it on this edition of NXT. In the first match and the last match, which I'm obviously going to get to when it's main event time. But the top rope sleeper would be executed by Dunn looking to stop any who knows what was going through... uh, Killian Dane's mind at that point on the top rope. The sweeper by Dunn and Dane would be the victim of that sweeper hold, but managed to turn it into his own benefit with a crash landing backwards onto Dunn and falling into the pinfall and picking up that W. Very similar spot. It was highlighted on commentary, but it's definitely worth repeating to show the excellence of execution in the storytelling here. That crash by Dunn by Dane, rather, I should say, did end up being a benefactor for Pete Dunne, able to capitalize and pin Damian Priest to earn himself that number one contendership opportunity at Survivor Series. So for it, for that same maneuver to come back and manage to bite Dunne in the ass and cost him a victory on NXT television just a few short days later, thought it was an excellent way to end this match. And Killian Dane, Killian Dane was due for a win here. I really do. The rivalry with Matt Riddle we saw when he first arrived back in the home of Full Sail University. I thought it was a great rivalry. The intensity brought upon by the street fight and the Beast versus the Bro story. I really, really enjoyed that much. But 
Dane is one that should get a monster run. He should go undefeated for a little while. Following this shortcoming of a triple threat match, unable to get himself an NXT Championship opportunity, I think Killian Dane is due to go on a tear. Dunn is well protected. Dunn, I'll mention it for a third time because why not? Already one of the longest reigning champions of our modern era. This rivalry and this matchup did remind me of his earlier successful title defense against the Joe Coffey of Gallus on NXT UK. NXT, at the first NXT UK takeover in Blackpool? Yeah, NXT, take, NXT UK takeover Blackpool. NXT TakeOver UK Blackpool is something I go to, but you got to put the brand in full before the location. So Dunn has had many similar matches like this before, so Dunn able to prove that he's willing to work with a great opponent, no matter what the size, able to put on something as excellent as he did at Survivor Series with somebody as similar in size in Adam Cole, and able to have these great matches with big men like a Joe Coffey, like Killian Dane, and the unfortunate match for him at NXT TakeOver New York against the now UK champion, Walter. How great is Imperium? Just a little bit of a sidetrack there. How excellent is that faction of Imperium? We are living not in the golden age because the NWO and DX, golden age of factions, Heart Foundation, so on and so forth, but we are living in a quality era of factions in professional wrestling. Still waiting to see really take shape on the main roster, but we have the Undisputed Era and Imperium in NXT and NXT UK, respectively. I kind of like what Sami Zayn is doing between Nakamura and Cesaro joining his side. Who knows what's going to come in this whole controversy surrounding the namesake of this show in Seth Rollins and the Authors of Pain. Could we have another larger, beefier J&J security, not quite the Shield circumstance, surrounding Seth Rollins? Who knows, but Imperium doing great work, Undisputed Era, showing why they're on top of the mountain and why that prophecy came true. So we are living in a great age of factions in pro wrestling. I have no idea where I was going with that. Killian Dane picking up a win, deserves to go on a tear, and deserves to let that aggression really shine and get himself a win streak from this point forward on NXT TV. Cracking up on a cry, shout out to my Comedians of Wrestling podcast fans out there. Alright, we got some War of Words coming. And some War of Words surrounding War Games will be brought upon by Dakota Kai towards Rhea Ripley. A disparaging remark from Dakota Kai to her former friend Tegan Knox. Tegan is not worth her time. Tegan is that same woman that was by her side competing for the Women's Tag Team Championships just a little bit over a month ago? Maybe a month ago to the day? I'm not really sure. But Tegan, not worth your time. What a fall from grace from best friend and team kick sidekick. Dakota Kai vowing to take out Rhea Ripley like she took out the hood rat Mia Yim. Wow. Dakota Kai talking down to people is something that's definitely going to take some getting used to. But she was calling out everybody in this moment backstage. Taking down Rhea Ripley like she took out Mia Yim. Surrounding that with a hood rat compliment. Street rat if you want to go the Aladdin route. But that would not come without some consequence. Rhea Ripley versus Dakota Kai was slated to take place later on in this NXT episode. And I want to cover women's action all in one shot. I want to speak about the shock to our system as the Undisputed Era joined live in full sale. Unfortunately, minus one half 
of those tag team champions, Bobby Fish. And all I want for Christmas, all I really know that, all I hope that NXT fans alike want for Christmas and this holiday season, no matter what you're celebrating, we want a healthy Bobby Fish for the holidays. The man has been injury plagued before, Roderick Strong stepping up in the tag team competition almost flawlessly, but there's something about that Red Dragon chemistry that proved why they why they were the best coming from Japan, coming from Ring of Honor. No matter where these guys were competing together, Fish and O'Reilly did manage to shine, and there is nothing like it. I go back to a match that I cannot stop talking about, and any wrestling fan that I've come in contact with over the past couple of weeks, I've brought up, did you see the Revival versus the Undisputed Era? That's the kind of quality we could expect from Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly. So I'm hoping for a speedy recovery for Bobby Fish. I know I saw something of him online recently doing some great work of his own in this holiday season, sporting the charity and charitable spirit that WWE superstars should have, bringing some light to some serious issues. So I really hope Bobby is healthy, and I hope that he is able to come back sooner than later. According to Adam Cole, and among other things he mentioned speaking this evening on the December 4th edition of NXT TV, is a neck injury, hoping it's nothing more than a sprain, hoping it's not a fracture or any sort of dislocation or anything way too serious, but it did look like a gnarly bump that fish took last week, Roderick Strong stepping up and able to defend the NXT Tag Team Championships, championships successfully over Keith Lee and Dominic Dijakovic. Speaking nothing but truth, and the best heels got to do it, it absolutely was a November to remember by the Undisputed Era. Going to war, having these battles with the Revival, Adam Cole with championship defense after championship defense, stepping in there with some of wrestling's best. Like Pete Dunne. Like that War Games scenario with Champa, Lee, Dijak, and Kevin Owens, who's returned back to NXT, I still can't get over hoping there might be a little bit of a wiggle room for him to shine on Raw as well as NXT because Kevin Owens is on fire right now. He's doing a lot right on Monday nights, and I could really use some of that on Wednesday nights as well. But November to remember, the year of the prophecy is only begun. The promise radiating from from the beginning of 2019 has all come full circle, and Undisputed Era is holding all of the men's championships available in NXT. Maybe they get somebody to join in the cruiserweight ranks. Maybe we have somebody going head-to-head with Leo Rush. Could be Angel Garza as well, depending on how next week goes. But Undisputed Era looking to recruit and spread. Not needed. Not necessary. These are four of the most talented men that we have available in all of pro wrestling right now. But I think it will be interesting and a little bit bit of a shock to the system of the group as a whole. If you get somebody, hey, go after the Cruiserweight Championship. Bring that here. We'll give you an armband. Hey, we saw Tynara Conti. A matter of, could be a couple years by now. At least least 18 months. I mean, I know this was going back to when this was was a two-man show. Shout out to Nikki Six Stunner if you're still out there listening. But Tynero was once a hired gun for the Undisputed Era, what looked like branching off into the women's division. So there might be a little bit more of a room for Undisputed Era to spread their wings of influence across the two remaining divisions that they don't 
already hold gold for in NXT. So it's something to toss around your mind. Again, not needed, not necessary, but factions continuing to grow and spread their influence and the success that the Undisputed Era has had, I got to admit, it's not totally out of the question. Would address the injury of Fish and just going to mention it one more time, get well soon, Bobby. And probably, no, scratch that. Definitely the most viral thing to go out, especially on wrestling Twitter, the pounce into the fourth row, third row, second row, however far Adam Cole got launched. He might have downplayed it here while speaking to the Full Sail Faithful. But Adam Cole getting launched and pounced, pounced to the ounce, almost into gallons and kilograms, however much you want to go for. What a large reaction that this gif has had. What an impact Keith Lee has made since not since before TakeOver War Games, but that Survivor Series weekend was definitely a limitless reign for Keith Lee. Undisputed Era wanting answers from Finn Balor. After Balor's actions last week, not just taking part in the dismantling of Tommaso Ciampa, but Adam Cole getting a similar Pele kick to what Johnny Gargano had suffered a matter of weeks ago. Adam Cole getting laid out by another Pele kick heard around the NXT universe. Undisputed Era demanding answers from Finn, but would get a little bit of a dose of limitless Keith Lee. Keith Lee knows that he is a moment maker, and I really credit the Undisputed Era for giving him that much credit. But he's also a game changer. Definitely an X-factor in that NXT TakeOver War Games matchup. The sole survivor face-to-face with Roman Reigns at Survivor Series. Keith Lee has had a bunch of shining moments and changing the game, and he has the gif and the viral credit to show for it. This would lead, unfortunately, to Keith Lee getting not just hit with a bunch of clever one-liners by Kyle O'Reilly, but after declaring he doesn't know what piece of gold to go after first, he would suffer a beatdown by strong O'Reilly and our NXT champion Adam Cole. However, Lee would get the upper hand, Cole would be chased away, but just for a moment of respite, met by Tommaso Ciampa, Ciampa taking out the man who now holds Goldie, the man who never lost his championship is obviously coming back for what is his, that war and that battle inside of war games, just a detour on his road back towards that NXT championship. Excuse me there. Cole would almost be in peril because chased down by Champa would just lead him back to Lee. Lee setting up for another big time powerbomb, but the Undisputed Era and all their brotherhood and the way the dude crew looks out for each other would save Adam Cole and they would make their escape. Champa and Lee would hold the ring and something that could just bring an absolute tear to your eye. No, I'm not talking about the Blackheart documentary on the WWE Network. I'm talking about Goldie being in daddy's hands once again. And we didn't get a little bit more of that. I really wish that we had, but uh, we did get that nice little moment. I wish we got a little bit more of TV time featuring that. But somebody who we did get some returning television time for is the Japanese phenom, the time splitter himself, Kushida getting quite the heartfelt video package and something I do see as a common theme in pro wrestling, but it's always a solid motive and a very believable motive for a babyface. Kushida is fighting for his daughter 
and he is fighting for his family. They're what keeps him going. Never a bad source of motivation. More than happy to see Kushida back on NXT television as well. After that brutal match he had with the aforementioned Walter, NXT, WWE, WWE United Kingdom Champion. Boy, is that confusing. WWE UK Champion on NXT UK. It does flip-flop, and I'm not the only one making that mistake. You could ca- you could catch it sometimes going down on commentary as well. So happy to see Kushida back on screen, him getting a little bit more of an unexpected challenge, which I'll get to a little bit later. I'm going to cover... I'm going to cover the women's action right here, right now, all in one sitting, because it does feature the Queen of Spades and NXT Women's Champion, Shayna Baszler. Shayna Baszler getting a first-time matchup with Zia Lee. Zia Lee, who has been on an absolute tear in beating down her opponents. Record time wins against both of the hires. If you haven't seen it yet, I know I've seen it across several different sources. The brutal, brutal kick that Zia Lee was able to deliver to Aaliyah, busting her nose wide open, pouring blood like a freaking faucet down her face. Vanessa Bourne suffering just a little bit of a lighter side of that damage, but getting some lethal kicks for her own trouble as well. So Zia Lee's been on a tear and has had her own bad blood with the Queen's Army and Shayna Baszler being a victim of a beatdown after that match with Vanessa Bourne. Zia Lee laying down the challenge in a very intense promo before this match to Shayna Baszler. Not backing down from somebody as intimidating as the NXT Women's Champion. Zia Lee versus Shayna. Zia would get a quick upper hand on a really good beginning exchange. Both of these women with a strong martial arts background on each side definitely has me invested. So really couldn't ask for much more of a compatible opponent than that. Two different sides of the martial arts spectrum, though. Zia Lee with a little bit more, I don't really know how to put this other than the word traditional martial arts style, wushu and tangsu do, a taekwondo, kung fu, even Zia Lee with a bit of a background more on the striking side of things, and Shayna Baszler, the gifted grappler that she is in Brazilian jiu-jitsu and Muay Thai striking on her own, in her own arsenal. Something that you can't avoid when you're in the ring with Shayna. It feels like no matter how hard her opponents may try, Shayna always locks in that brutal elbow stomp. It just, watching it makes my shoulder need to rotate and have to warm up my own elbow. I'm sitting here doing it right now just thinking of that spot. That brutal Shayna elbow stomp. It's it's so despicable, but it's so deadly and so dominant and really marks how brutal the NXT champion is willing to get with each and every of her opponent. Zaya did look good throughout this matchup. We saw a few quick strikes. We saw that beginning exchange. We even got to see the champion a victim of a powerbomb, which you don't see often, if ever, on NXT television. So Zaya Lee looking good. However, one quick counter would seal it all. From the tornado kick, Shayna would be down. Just one quick sidestep to a snatch-up. The Kirafuda clutch locked in, and Shayna Baszler would pick up the W over Zia Lee. And Shayna was not done locking people down and knocking people out on this edition of NXT. 
Jumping just a little bit of ahead, I do want to go back and cover some stuff that I might have missed, but it's nothing significant or special. I want to get the big talking points in the women's division out there. Dakota Kai's entrance tonight. How about it? The black and white flashback of Dakota Kai beating down Tegan Knox as her Titans run. That vicious War Games beatdown used as her Titans run. Tegan Knox's cries for help and screams of agony factored into that entrance music. It's a work of art for a heel. This Dakota Kai heel turn has been really great from the word go. From that footage that we saw to it being implemented and how she is doing things, making her way to the ring, still carrying that knee brace as a trophy of her, what she sees as an accomplishment, knocking down and taking out her former friend for foreseeably at least a number of weeks. I don't know when we will see Tegan Knox again. I don't know if it'll be a big time comeback in 2020. I'm not sure how long this is going to be milked. I'm not sure how long it's going to be until Tegan is in competitive shape again. But what a launch to this Dakota Kai heel turn. Absolutely excellent execution. The Nightmare Rhea Ripley would make her entrance, but did have some pre-match words for her opponent and a little bit of a warning, saying that Dakota Kai is clever and there is always another setup to counter what that War Games setup was and that beatdown on Tegan Knox ended up being. Rhea with a setup of her own, enter, not the Wu-Tang Clan, but enter Mia Yim. Yim with intensity in her eyes and Timberlands on her feet, delivering a beatdown to Dakota Kai. Retribution is being served from Yim Takai, costing Mia Yim a moment in history in that first ever Warman's War Games matchup. Absolutely great beatdown by Mia Yim. One of the most New Yorker things I have seen on NXT television. It doesn't get much better than a boot to the face in Timberlands. What a pair of boots. What a hard pair of boots. What a vicious kick to the face if you're getting hit with that pair of boots. However, Rhea and Mia would have fights on their hands. The Queen's Army would make their way to the ring. Jasmine Duke, Marina Shafir, and Shayna Baszler putting the boots and the beatdown on Mia Yim and Rhea Ripley. The numbers game just catching up to not just Mia Yim, but what we now know to be the number one contender for Shayna Baszler's Women's Championship. Rhea would get snatched in the Kirafuda clutch, and the beauty of this was the teamwork. Say what you will about the Queen's Army. They're a unit. The four horsewomen. They're riding together, even if it's just three of them. The Shayna Baszler snatch on the Kurafuda clutch. You thought Mia, you thought Rhea, excuse me. You thought Rhea Ripley would have a fighting chance there. You thought it was all on her face that she was able to stand up. But Rhea making her way to the ropes would be a cost of consequence because Jasmine Duke and Marina Shafir would lock the arms of Rhea in the ropes and letting all of that chokehold be executed on Rhea Ripley. The reinforcement in the ropes, great moment for the Queen's Army. Not so great if you're on the other side of such a beatdown. Shayna Baszler would lay it down saying that Rhea tough, talks tough when there's nothing on the line, but how about when there is a title match to go on? And Shayna wants it too. 
Shayna wants her hands on Rhea Ripley one-on-one, putting her NXT Women's Championship up for grabs. And December 18th, two weeks from this edition of NXT, straight from the champion's mouth, we will see Rhea Ripley versus Shayna Baszler for that title and ending things the only way the champion knows how with a nice, very sincere, and stern warning of sleep tight. So Shayna versus Rhea, up for grabs on December 18th. December 18th is shaping up to be one hell of an NXT episode and going to get to another match with championship implications in just a matter of moments. But Rhea Ripley versus Shayna Baszler, we've seen this one-on-one before, but it did not come without consequence of disqualification and this lunacy taking place. I do think that something will be added to prevent such measures. Duke and Shafir always having the champions back, but Rhea Ripley has been known to be a one-woman army as of late, taking a numbers disadvantage and walking out of NXT TakeOver War Games with Candice LeRae, able to overcome a 4-on-2 deficit and defeat Shayna Baszler by pinfall. Rhea Ripley has earned all of the credit for being a credible contender to Shayna Baszler's Women's Championship. Rhea looks like the most formidable, formidable opponent to Shayna Baszler, I would say since Ember Moon. Ember Moon not able to get the job done over Shayna Baszler. We saw the intensity being brought out to Io Shirai and Kyrie Sane, who was able to beat Shayna Baszler, but also ultimately gave Shayna Baszler her NXT Women's Championship reign number two. So Shayna two times was born through that rivalry. So we've seen Shayna bring out these killer instincts in opponents. Mia Yim already had that, still coming up short. Rhea Ripley, growing intensity by the day. You could see the disdain for Shayna on this woman's face every single time her name is mentioned. It would not be, it, it couldn't be any other way. These women went to war inside that giant steel cage structure with each other. So this rivalry has been built great. I'm looking forward to that match. I'm not going to give any early predictions too much too soon, but I do see it being a great match and possibly Rhea Ripley's moment to make history by being the first to hold the NXT UK Women's Championship and the NXT Women's Championship. All right, from what has been probably the hottest act in all of pro wrestling, the NXT Women's Division, got to take a little bit of a nosedive team, and uh, I'm sorry to do this to you, but I'm not going to spend too much time on this. The Forgotten Sons, Wesley Blake, Steve Cutler, Jackson Riker, Jackson Riker again on ringside, Cutler and Blake taking on two talents from Evolve Wrestling in Adrian Alanis and Leon Ruff. Squash match for the Savages, can't really state much about what happened between the ropes, but I could talk about what happens over the ropes. Jackson Riker, after Cutler and Blake would pick up this win, would send Ruff for a rough landing by a chokeslam outside of the ring and landing on that ring apron. I think the guy might have been safer just falling straight to the floor, but that rough and tough tumble on the outside, I screamed out. I thought Riker paralyzed the guy. What a vicious landing on the spine and the ribs for Leon Ruff. Another guy I hope recovers sooner from that rather than later. 
because, boy, Evolve can't afford to lose any talents. What a rough landing for Leon and just a squash match for the Savages. Not really going to spend too much time about the Forgotten Sons. Just kind of a forgotten segment on this show. We would see that Champa and Lee would be joined by Dijakovic again versus the Undisputed Era in this main event. Going back to war. And speaking of war, a man speaking like a mercenary on a mission is Finn Bauer. Finn Bauer with another great chance to show what he can do and what the Prince is here to claim on NXT. He's looking to claim careers based on what he's done so far. Taking out Johnny Gargano. Beating Matt Riddle at NXT TakeOver War Games. He's playing chess while they're all playing checkers. And he has his checkmate set on Adam Cole. And that my future will be my past. That line just keeps resonating and repeating every single time I see Finn Balor on the screen. Can the longest reigning NXT champion of all time to date make that history happen again? Can he get his hands on the second model of the NXT championship? Could we see Finn, not exactly Finn two belts, but holding two models of that same belt? Finn is coming for Adam Cole and the NXT Championship. I thought it was a really great promo. I thought Isaiah Swerve Scott also got a great promo. Swerve's house. Swerve's house seems to be throwing a bit of a house party. Swerve has been on fire. Always impressive in the ring. I've mentioned this once. I've mentioned it twice. I'll mention it every single time I see the guy on the screen. He always is doing something that makes me say I have never seen that before. Swerve is one hell of a talent to keep your eye out on and definitely should be in the talk for the NXT Cruiserweight Championship. With that success on 205 Live, should carry over. No matter who comes out as champion between Leo Rush and Angel Garza, I think Swerve should be the next one who gets the opportunity to step up to the plate. Here we would see a rivalry revisited in a bit of a new way. Cassius Ono arriving at full sail, saying that the wrestling genius is ready for Worlds Collide. And he's here for a bit of what could be a preview of that event. NXT and NXT UK colliding. Bunch of matches that we probably will never get the chance to see outside of this event. The fantasy booking is going to run wild between now and then for myself. Cashy is here to give us a little bit of a preview for what that event could be, but also revisiting a very familiar opponent in Matt Riddle, Cassius Ono, the first one to quote-unquote welcome Matt Riddle as William Regal's shiny new toy when he first arrived on the scene in NXT. So, Ono versus Bro. No. I don't know. That that joke probably didn't land on Twitter either. Cassius versus Riddle, always a great matchup. Cassius Ono going on the claim that he is the best British wrestler on the planet. I did not know the best British wrestler could be from Ohio, but you learn something new every week, I suppose. Another rivalry revisit. Don't forget Matt Riddle's NXT TakeOver debut. And I spoke about Riddle's TakeOver history on the last episode, and I apologize for missing this one because it was so damn short. His most recent TakeOver matches have been long, and they've been clinics, and they've been awesome matches. Matt Riddle with a six-second victory over Cassius Ono, for his TakeOver debut. 
So that's where you thought the takeover success would catapult a little bit more. About now that we're now that we're discussing it and it's going through my mind, I want to say that Riddle's record is at an even 500 on the NXT takeover stage. But Cassius Ono really re- really reinvigorating himself over on NXT UK. I've caught some of his work. It's not a program I'm able to watch on a week-to-week basis, but there'll be some Saturday afternoons where just sitting around, no live pro wrestling on. Then you remember, you could binge watch two or three editions of NXT UK television in one sitting. And that's exactly what I've kind of been trying to get myself to do. And Cassius Ono versus Tyler Bate going just a couple weeks back, I want to say... Oh boy, I want to say the November 20th, 21st edition, it could be the 14th as well. Not exactly familiar with where it is, but it's in the recent archives of NXT UK. Go check out that match, Ono versus Tyler Bate, a fantastic match. Cassius Ono, the knockout artist, has that first British rounds match in WWE against Sid Scala, and I thought that match format was very interesting and very unique as well. So I'm loving Cassius's work over on NXT UK, but I'm more than happy to see him back inside the inside the ring at full sale. There are not many things that Cassius Ono can't do. He's the knockout artist. He delivers those hard-hitting heavy strikes, the British grappling style. He's making that claim of being the best British wrestler on the planet with good reason. Location aside, he does have that grappling style those cravats and that cravat driver and the suplexes that he delivers from that scarfold position. I really love seeing the uniqueness in Cassius Ono's moveset. But there's really no better combat athlete going right now than Matt Riddle. Matt Riddle able to mesh the worlds of pro wrestling and mixed martial arts so incredibly well. The strength and already pre-existing success over Cassius Ono. The wrestling genius would need to outthink the OG bro in this matchup. And I'm not exactly sure if he did it all the way through, but there were some moments where Cassius did do what he wasn't able to do in his past meetings and get the better of Matt Riddle, but he would not get the victory. Matt Riddle holds a clean win-loss record over Cassius Ono. Great ending spot, quality wrestling from beginning to end, Ono setting up for his own gotch neutralizer, and after a series of counters and grappling suprem- battling for grappling supremacy, later, Matt Riddle would set up and catch Cassius with the bro Derek. Matt Riddle 4, Cassius Ono 0. Great match. I love revisiting rivalries, even if it's under the new guise of giving us a preview of NXT versus NXT UK. Happy to see Cassius back in full sale. Happy to see this rivalry go off. And I could really get used to both Matt Riddle and Cassius Ono getting more time against each other. Even if it's something that we've seen countless times. Sometimes chemistry is chemistry. A good rivalry is worth revisiting. No matter how many times you see a particular match, some moments just really do shine. And that ending spot of counter from the neutralizer working its way to the advantage for Matt Riddle and the bro Derek. I think is something that could stand out in this rivalry between these two. Okay, from a revisited rivalry to a return, we would see Kushida getting ready to take on Raul Mendoza. Or is it? 
Mendoza making his entrance, getting all set for what I was anticipating a bout of cruiserweight action here. The breakout star, Cameron Grimes, would break through the chest of Raul Mendoza. And if you caught Kushida's face there, I'm pretty sure he shared a look with not just me, but many members watching NXT at this time. A brutal cave-in of Mendoza's chest. Grimes stepping up to the plate and challenging Kushida in his return match. Grimes is scary strong. A technical monster in his own right. But there is very few who can match the submission specialty of Kushida. The submissions and speed would be Kushida's go-to in his time in the ring. Kushida tried to take it to the larger Walter, not finding success over that larger opponent. Grimes is also scary strong, but the octopus hold that Kushida was able to latch on was nothing short of impressive. I thought it was a great back and forth match. I love seeing Kushida get success in his return to NXT TV, but I'm also kind of enjoying what Cameron Grimes has been doing. There's always going to be a spot where I'll never be able to root for him because the fastest win probably in NXT history. Probably competing with uh, Matt Riddle over Cassius Ono, but it's it's got to be Cameron Grimes stomping out the Shaolin native like myself, Sean Maluda, on that NXT on USA debut. So Cameron Grimes is always going to have a sore spot with me, but I'm not going to deny his ability. He's a product of the Hardy compound. He's scary strong. If there's anything you want to say about his look, the most that you can say in neutral ground is it's definitely unique. Say what you will about his hat, but anyway. I love the octopus hold by Kushida. The dislocating, that shoulder, or at least what definitely looked like a dislocation. It was brutal. Taking out the shoulder, taking him down to the ground. We really got some great back and forth after this. However, Kushida, always able to adapt Always able to find the weak points in his opponents. Able to get the quick cover and the counter on Cameron Grimes and score himself a victory. Kushida coming through with a victory in his return to NXT television. Now, Kushida finding a rivalry in the landscape of NXT at this point. I would love to see him step up and challenge Roderick Strong for the North American Championship. I think those two styles would definitely be fun to watch. Those two guys, cardio monsters in their own right, so you know we'd be able to get nice, long, great, interesting matches out of them. But Kushida, I saw him on 205 Live when I was at SmackDown at Madison Square Garden. So jumping him in the Cruiserweight title scene, not a bad move either, I don't think. I think that Kushida versus Angel Garza could be very interesting. Somebody with an over-the-top personality as opposed to the more solemn and reserved Kushida. I think it would be a nice contrast in personalities there. No matter who ends up with the championship, it could be for or without the title in tow. So uh, just a couple names out there for Kushida's early maybe more build of a rivalry here. I would love to see this program continue with Cameron Grimes as well. Cameron Grimes unable to pick up the win over Kushida and that frustrating him. He wasn't able to beat a smaller opponent like Kushida. I think there's something there as well. But regardless, all things considered, happy to see Kushida back and healthy on NXT TV. 
before we jump into the main event, I already mentioned the Cruiserweight Championship match between Leo Rush and Angel Garza, but Mia Yim will be facing Dakota Kai next week. That is the December 11th edition of NXT TV. So two high-profile matches, one with Bad Blood and Retribution, and one where Bad Blood is Bad Blood is fueling a championship landscape. Rush versus Garza for the Cruiserweight title, and Mia Yim versus Dakota Kai. Yim seeking redemption for NXT TakeOver War Games. Main event time though, Undisputed Era taking on their War Games opponents, at least three quarters of them, Tommaso Ciampa, Keith Lee, and Dominic Dijakovic. Now before I even get to the in-ring action, yes, we're going to war again. Yes, match was great, but how about the custom nameplate for the Undisputed Era? The logo and the championships surrounding the border? Great stuff. I didn't think it could get much better than that Dakota Kai Titans run using Tegan Knox beatdown in it. But boy, I love the customs nameplate for the champs. Definitely something. Definitely a high point on uh, on my watching NXT this week. Another high point was the strength and the impressiveness that is Dijakovic. Dijakovic manhandling. Kyle O'Reilly and Strong at the same time, able to wipe out all three men in one motion, able to deliver this jawbreaker choke slam combination that I really wish wasn't part of picture in picture during commercial break, but something we got to see on full screen. But we did get a replay once uh, once NXT did come back from that commercial respite. So you can't always get what you want, but at least we got to see the replay on a larger scale. Dijak is nothing short of impressive. That rivalry with Lee that has led to some tag team chemistry and bad blood into bonding, I really think is great for this division and for NXT as a whole. Champa, Lee, and Dijak looking to be the foils, as it seems, in dismantling the prophecy of Adam Cole and the rest of the era. I love what Champa, Lee, and Dijak have been doing for each other, but there is no team that has the chemistry of Undisputed Era. No matter what the combination, yes, I mentioned how much I'm partial to the tag team chemistry of Fish and O'Reilly, but any combination, three out of four, two out of four of these guys, all four of them inside the ring together, there really is nothing like this stable. That's a stupid, pointless email. It's not even anything good. Maybe my uh, WWE.com order shipped. Get your holiday shopping done early, folks, if you're uh, if you're anything like me and don't feel like waiting until the last moment. Anyway, sorry about that. A little sidetrack. A little sidetrack and uh, getting distracted there. I don't know how we could get distracted from discussing such a great match. Tommaso Ciampa getting a hot tag. It was so hot that he was like a house on fire. Knee strikes. Knee strikes. Draping Widow's Bell DDT. Loved every single second of Tommaso Ciampa in the ring. The redemption and the sights that he has set on the Undisputed Era and getting Goldie back is absolutely brewing and coming to the front in his in-ring competition and intensity. Keith Lee, in his own right. Another day, another day. Keith Lee gets to impress and certainly accomplishes such a feat. Keith Lee going off and... This would all lead to a corner conundrum. Yes, a corner conundrum. Mentioned it earlier. 
Dane versus Dunn, ending in corner controversy, and the main event getting very similar treatment. The referee trying to get Cole and Lee and everybody out of the corner, even the referee getting involved there, but Balor delivering a drop kick to the back of Cole into the referee, laying out the ref in a believable laying out the ref. Not just one of these spots where he gets brushed over and knocked out for 5 to 10 minutes. No, this was a vicious, vicious missile drop kick or shotgun drop kick, whatever weapon drop kick I'm speaking for here. Eyes are set on Tommaso Ciampa. And before I get into what else Keith Lee did, Keith Lee is going to go viral in another gift this week, folks, because that camera angle of Bauer with the guns pointed and the eyes filled with focus and Keith Lee just rising up over his shoulder like Jason freaking Voorhees. What another moment for Keith Lee and something that will give him even more well-deserved internet fame. Fantastic camera angle. If it's a moment that you managed to miss, just go back and you'll see it up and down Twitter. You'll see it all over any wrestling source. It's definitely something that you could watch over and over again. Exactly like that previous pounce. Keith Lee not letting Finn Bauer's actions go without consequences. Lee would catch Finn with a huge spirit bomb to Bauer. High impact. Almost driving Finn directly through the ring. Adam Cole would try to take advantage of this moment, but Keith Lee would drive himself right back up and drive Cole through the ring with a fireman's jackhammer. Now, I thought, I thought initially the spirit bomb was that fireman's carry into a jackhammer slam, but it seems that that is the name going forward for his version of a sit-out powerbomb. So I'm trying to get Keith Lee's finisher on track here. I need the exact name. I'm not the only one who needs it. Commentary, just speaking out the word to the move as it goes by, which is fine. The full execution, spelling it out without a clever name is more than welcome. It's exactly what play-by-play is. But it needs a it needs a clever name just for the sake of I'm getting those finishing names Confused. I thought this was a spirit bomb jackhammer from a fireman's carry. However, name of the move aside, what the move was able to do for him. Keith Lee has pinned the NXT champion. Keith Lee on another roll. Another week of success and spotlight for the Limitless One. William Regal, obviously taking notice, would announce another championship match for the December 18th edition of of NXT. But how would it be decided, you ask? Next week, December 11th, Tommaso Ciampa versus Finn Balor versus Keith Lee in a number one contendership triple threat match. Now, Keith Lee came up short last time he was in a high-stakes triple threat match. Roderick Strong, being the smart competitor and defending champion that he is, was able to take advantage of the bad blood that Lee and Dijakovic had for each other at the time. Roddy would walk out with his championship, but who will walk out with this number one contendership opportunity? The speculation, totally up in the air. It's up for grabs. Tommaso Ciampa wants Goldie back. Keith Lee is making all of the impact 
in the world of professional wrestling. Finn Bauer has already called his shot and his checkmate in sights on Adam Cole. Any one of these three men are going to put on an incredible NXT championship match. And that is a sick ending to the December 11th edition of NXT TV. Now, if I missed anything, you, of course, can reach out to me for conversation. I encourage it. I'm going to try and get more Q&A implicated into this show because I'm such a fan of interacting with people who are as passionate about this black and gold brand as I am, who finds that Wednesday nights are their highlights of watching professional wrestling. I want to talk to you people. I want your input. I want your decisiveness. I want you to take your claims and stand by them. I want you to go back and forth with me, whether we agree or disagree. I need more perspective than my own as well. Sometimes the show is rough trying to talk outside, talk out of both sides of my head, trying to see what the babyfacers are doing while making good claims for the heels. It's it's fun. It's fun trying to see the big picture and both perspectives, but I need somebody who could stand by their points and really deliver me some good discussion. So please be sure to reach out to me on all of the social media. Where you'll find me the most is at podcast underscore UF on Twitter. NXT TakeOver prediction polls. Probably going to post some prediction polls for every single NXT TV week that feels like a takeover like this December 18th edition is shaping up to be. So please keep the conversation going. Shout out to all of the podcasts who have interacted with me and all of the fine fans and friends of Team NXT. This show could not be done without you. There is no I in Team NXT. Follow the Instagram at Undisputed Future Podcast, all one word. I'll try and have a picture out before this ep- before or as this episode is dropping, whether it be on your favorite podcast platform, whether that's iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Google Play, SoundCloud, my most commonly shared link, Stitcher, my personal favorite podcasting platform as far as you know, interface and fan friendliness and subscriptions and so on and so forth. But no matter how you're listening to me, no matter where you're listening to me, thank you so much for doing so. Special shout out once again to The Rant and The Wrestle Hub for putting on the Wrestling Podcast Awards going down this weekend. I know how hard the boys at The Rant have been doing, how hard The Wrestle Hub has been doing to make sure that this is a yearly tradition. And I am honored once again to be nominated for Best Solo Podcast, also for the first time Most Informative Podcast, and overall Podcast of the Year. Special shout out to anybody who took time out of their day to vote for this show. Thank you so much for the love. I really do appreciate it. This has been episode 104 of the UFP show, all about the NXT show. Thank you so much for listening to the Undisputed Future Podcast. I am CD Danny Mac. I'm going to go watch AEW Dynamite. Yes, you can enjoy all things professional wrestling, and I will talk to you next time.